We want to welcome each and every one of you to this week's podcast of Live Transform. So glad you've you know decided to make this journey along with us, and you're you know making the time and investing you know your very own heart and life. And Jim, it's really good to see you, Audrey. It's good to be together. Mm-hmm. I love this ability at you know that we have yeah. of. Uh, of technology, you yep. know, being able to see each other. And we all get to be friends. Like, yeah. you guys, you're our friends. Jim is our friend. My Bob is my best friend. Oh, thank you. And uh, we're all friends. But the thing is, <laughs> there we go. But even one time um, we were traveling and someone said, it's a miracle that you and Jim are able to fly and get together every week to do that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, yeah, well, well it feels like know, we're together, but it's all a Zoom meeting, you guys. What about it? For what? 20 years? Yeah. Every time we did a broadcast together, we were together. It was a, it was yeah. a fly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 But I do love technology. We're all grateful for technology mm-hmm. and we're grateful for friends. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's time for a real face to face. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know what, everyone? I would just in- encourage you today just make sure you see somebody, <laughs> you know, <laughs> do that. You know, go see somebody. That's and, nice and, and, in theory. Yeah, but. no, but I mean, actually, see someone and give them a hug. Yeah, oh but gosh, but be Bob. sure to yeah. put on yeah. a mask that's so big okay. that they can't <laughs> guys, recognize who you, guys, you are. You guys, no. That's not what we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm just saying, you know, find <laughs> someone, give them an encouraging word, you know, uh, do something, you know, to connect with somebody today. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a good it, thing. It really is. It's it's really, really good. The, the, the other hey, they day, already have. They just connected with us by putting I, on this podcast. No, I mean physical connection. You want a physical yes, connection. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I loved it the other day. I, we came home from a trip and and uh, gave my son Robert a hug. Yeah. And that was that was really good. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, he's not a real hugger. No. But I gave it to him anyway. He's there you skinny. Go. He's skinny. <laughs> he's skinny. And he's not super affectionate. The opposite of me. I'm not skinny and I'm super affectionate. So Bob is like not used to that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Anyway, make a make a human yep. connection today. It would be do you well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. All right, Audrey, where are we going today? Well, we were really talking about, in the last several weeks, talking about understanding really the perception and how it changes absolutely everything and understanding the view and opinion of uh, our, our view and opinion and how we know it and see it. That means nothing to me, but apparently it means something to Jim. I'm just <laughs> quoting you from last week no. to what you said we are going to do this week. You know um because we don't really understand the spiritual dynamics of of God and creation and and then ultimately the fact the fact that we're created in his likeness and image, which means mm-hmm. we have all of the same capacities as God. Yes, yes. So, you know, when we think of perception, we think of basically just looking at something and seeing it. From our point of view. (laughs) (laughs) Kazuta! Thank you. Wow. Uh, So, I believe believe some of that got on me. Wait a minute, I got to wipe that off. (laughs) I know. That was more than virtual on that one. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Going to this. So, you're saying it's more than just the perception of observation. Yeah. That's that's typically the way people now, see now, perception. Keep keep in mind, and, and I don't, you, you know, when you begin to deal with this, what we would call the spiritual 
variables or this, uh, uh, and really, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a sad way that we have come to define spiritual. Hmm. Because, you know, we view spiritual as something that doesn't have anything to do with the natural laws of creation, has nothing to do with how God created everything. Right, right. And so, and so really, we've got the concept of spirituality mm-hmm. refined down to a religious word that means nothing. It's so true. I've hmm. never thought of it like that, but it's true. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if God created the world, and we know that he did, and if God created mm-hmm. the world in harmony with him, and we mm-hmm. know that he did, and yes. if God created the world, if it's in harmony with him, then then it, it actually works by the same logos. You, you know, you know I, a scripture that when I was a young believer, used to just, I, I would struggle with where it talks about... Uh, um, and in Hebrews, of course, you know, in Hebrews 1, 3, it tells us Jesus is the exact representation of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it talks about, you know, him, of course, him, Jesus being the, pre, the, the primary key in creation. It says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. Huh. Now, that, the, the phrasing of that was always weird to me. The word, not, yeah. not the power of his word. Right. But the word of his power. And so, you know, I can remember just meditating on that verse for years, trying to figure out what what does that mean? That's interesting. It's almost twisty. It it, it is almost twisty. But then when you go back and, and, and translate word from, you know, as, as logos, then you start getting your, your first kind of, your first new look at that Mm -hmm. because, uh, uh, Logos, as we have said so many times, is not um, uh, so much about uh, the word itself, but it's it's about you know all of the all of the factors that go into uh, the word of God. Logos gets into the wisdom uh, of mm. the word. It gets into the source. Where where did the source? Uh, you know what is the source of this word? And so the word of God. You know, because because the way he created things, uh, as we've talked about before, the the emphasis is not really on the fact that he spoke things into existence, but uh, it's the fact that he believed and conceived something uh, in, in his in his heart. He didn't just speak the word. He was conceiving something within yeah. his heart that was deeper than before the word yeah. even came out. He had conceived something. And so when he spoke that word, he also spoke it with intention. Mm-hmm. And so and his intention was that that word would go out and accomplish that which was in harmony with his, with his intention. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, the Hebrew word for good always, always points back to, to being in harmony. So in creation, God... He spoke some words. So in, in Hebrew is actually where this where this passage is. In mm-hmm. the Greek, it is the word rhema. Mm. So so it says so it says in here it says that all things. Let me. I'm looking at it in the Greek. So let me back up because you know the Greek doesn't read like um, uh, like the. Uh, all right. I'm sorry. Here, take me a second. 
All right. So, so it says that it says that, that he made he made the worlds, who uh, and, and you know he's the, the express brightness or the exact image of the glory of God, express brightness of, of his glory, God's glory, express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. So, this is one of those places where the concept of logos and and rhema, you know, you know, come together. Mm-hmm. And, and and so there's the log there's the rhema which something is spoken but it is spoken from the logos it is spoken from mm. the logic the wisdom the power the character the unchangeableness of nothing conflicting it's, it's all coming from that whatever yes how God's, it's all matching it's yeah. all in harmony it's all working together it, it, it's coming it's being spoken out of the reality that was in God's heart Okay. Yes, yes, yes. That's spoken well. Yeah. So in that, in, in the New Testament, when it, when it talks about this, so it says, let me go back and read it again. So it says, uh, okay. who being the brightness of his glory. Now, this really kind of starts to get a little bit interesting here. And it's even interesting mm. to me that this was spoken in a verse that has, it, it's kind of like the rolling the brightness of God's glory, the rolling, you know, uh, uh, the power that, that causes all things to hold together and to continue to function the way they should. And, you know, in the speaking of the word, it's like, why are all of these things rolled into, act, you know, into just one sentence? Yeah, yeah. It, it, you, you know, I would look at this for years. I would look at this. I would think there is just more here. Uh, yeah. Than I can, you know, than I can actually put together here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> some of this I'm going to thumbnail, and some of this mm-hmm. I'm going to get really, really specific about. Okay. But so, so here's what here's what here's what we understand. By the way, one of the most important things that people believers don't get, you know, I I have never I have preached what I intended to be simple sermons on faith righteousness. Mm-hmm. And I've always made them really... Now, people listen to me go, God, that's deep. That's, I got them, I'm about to think about that for five years. And I'm just thinking, well, good luck. Because, you know, the, the pivotal factor of all of our spiritual growth is where we end up connecting to, understanding, being empowered by, interacting with righteousness. Yes. And Hebrews 9 says that faith righteousness, or that Jesus as our righteousness, is the stumbling stone of the gospel. In other words, the Jews uh. didn't mind Jesus being the Messiah. The Jews didn't really mind you know, Jesus maybe you know, being Lord. What they minded was, and what they fought against was not just you know, Jesus even being risen from the dead, it was the fact that you could experience righteousness hmm. apart from uh, your works. Be apart, right, right, right. Now, that doesn't mean that you are free from good works, no, <laughs> you know, no. which is what the fake grace movement tries to turn right, us right, into. Right, right, right. But they were, they were furious and they would kill you over the fact that you have a definition or a concept of relating to God yes. that is not based on your performance. Right. And then you said the word relating to God. They got so furious when Jesus called God Father, yeah. oh, like that yeah. relationship. Yeah. So anything to do relating with 
the close, close connection with Jesus yeah. as our righteousness. That's just not okay with them. <laughs> so, you know, so Paul goes on to say that, Je- that Jesus is the cornerstone. That, you know, that was rejected. So, you know, when you under the, the cornerstone, and there's debate about that word cornerstone. I'm not going to go into it all right now. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the concept of, of, of cornerstone. But, you mm-hmm. know, a cornerstone, which can be, you know, some people call it, say it should be translated a foundational stone. Some people mm-hmm. think it's the keystone or the cornerstone, you know, that goes, right. goes above an arch. It really doesn't matter. What matters right. is the principle is this, whether it's a keystone or a foundational stone, the point is, that stone has to be in place for your building to stand. Hmm, exactly. Your building or your life. And remember, yeah. a house or a building is always uh, is always just another way of talking about your heart. Your house mm-hmm. represents your heart. Your heart represents your house. Your house is going to be like your heart is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So basically, he's saying your whole spiritual house, everything that you're trying to build your life on with God, the one stone that holds all that together. Mm-hmm. If that stone moves, if that stone shifts, if that stone is not stable, is Jesus as our righteousness. Mm-hmm. And if that moves, your entire house, your heart hmm. crumbles and falls to pieces and can no longer can no longer stand. Hmm. And so Paul says something. I'm telling you, I, this is another one of these. I've meditated on this for decades. And so then, then Paul goes on from there. And he says, look, this, you're going to fall on this stone and be broken. Or this stone's going to fall on you and you're going to be crushed. Mm-hmm. But one way or another, you're going to encounter this stone. And uh, again, this mm-hmm. is one of those places I'm not going to go into a whole lot of in-depth teaching about those two different concepts of, you know, of, of crushing and breaking. Crushing and broken. But, yeah. but the main thing you realize from that is, is, is the is the difference represents whether or not encountering Jesus as your righteousness is going to destroy you or mm. going to going to break your life apart so, so that the new man can come forth. Uh, That's going to do one or the other. That's very profound. That is incredibly Profound, and I don't Maybe even know just, the depths of the profound, uh, you know, of how because deep it you, is. you say that, and I'm I I'm just letting it sink in. His righteousness will either break you apart, so your new man break can be freedom yep. and re- mm-hmm. break through and break out, or that very righteousness will crush you. Yep. Exactly. Huh. So when you begin to look at righteousness, I, I I've got to tell you, there is no single definition of righteousness because but see the logos remember the logos the word logos means it, it, part of what it means is inclusive mm. so you know the logos is something that is so inclusive of so much of who God is the revelation of God the unity of all that God is I, I mean uh, there's so much to it uh, that uh, that you can never really Define it. Well, well. So, so righteousness is the logos, and it is it is a truth that you can experience, but you never fully explain it. Mm. And, and and no matter how you explain it, but because that person is listening intellectually, 
Right. They're going, they're not going to get inside of the paradox and say, okay, righteousness sometimes manifests this way. Sometimes it manifests this way. Sometimes it manifests this way. You know, the legalist says righteousness is always manifests in works and you're right. Behavior, you know, the fake grace person just says righteousness manifests in nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It's my free gift and that's it. And so, and so, you know, you, uh, some people say righteousness manifests in position. Well, that's a, you know, that's really? good. That's good, but that's kind of limited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, but when you start looking at it, and man, I'm telling you, I have spent hours, 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 hours. And when I say I'm talking about hours that over the last 50 years, I have probably studied righteousness, just the word righteousness easily uh, a full month or two. Just mm-hmm. nothing but just studying this word, meditating on what does this mean? What does this mean? What yes. does this mean? What does this mean to my life? Yes. Now here, because we have this one-dimensional concept of righteousness, then we miss the point. You know, I mean, we might catch okay. some some little bitty point, some little bitty part of it that's true, but we miss the bigger picture. Now, if the world was created in harmony with God, yeah, and God is righteous, then you mm-hmm. realize that the foundation of the world, the foundation of all creation is built in righteousness. Yes. Now, when you, I mean, golly, this, I mean, this just gets into, this just gets into more things than I can even think about. And y'all know I can think about a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can get lost in the weeds, think about saying. So, <clears throat> The Bible tells us, for example, that when wickedness uh, 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 permeates the society, it says the foundations will be destroyed. And then what will the righteous do? Now, see, we look at a verse like that one-dimensionally. Yeah. And so in, in that case, we look at it and say, okay, uh, so, you know, when people begin to call good evil and evil good, then we're just talking about righteousness corrupting, you know, moral, the morals of society. No, yeah, no, no, systems, no. kind of like systems right. and stuff. Yeah. But the real truth is, if the world was created, if all of creation, all mm-hmm. of the universe was yes. created in righteousness. Yes. No, this is, this, this is bigger than that. This Something's going to... I'm sensing an explosion happening because yeah. it's not going to fit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I don't know well that no, that is what it's saying. It, it's saying the foundations of the all very created foundation things of all creation can can be so disrupted by the the absence of justice, by the absence yeah. of morality, by the absence yeah. of honesty, by the absence of all yeah. of these things that govern. I mean, and uh, people say, well, how, where, where can you, how can you back that up? Well, I'll give you one simple place to back it up. When Adam sinned, the wor- the entire world changed. Yeah, it did. Death it came did. into the world. Suddenly thorns grew more readily and rapidly and naturally than, than fruit wow. and food that you could eat. Right. The atmosphere started changing. And actually, very probably, as nearly as we can understand, um, I'm trying to think of the word, in, in, in development, um, cells in development 
Man, I'm, I'm running blank. For people that don't know, I just had a little bit of some health issues. I'm, I'm yeah, struggling yeah. a little bit with my memory, yes. with my memory right here. Uh, you know, in, in, uh, in, in evolution, which I don't, which is not true, but in, in evolution, there's the concept of what happens with cells and how they change, and 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 they they have this complete goofy theory about how cells change. Well, the interesting thing about cells is when most of the time when cells make dramatic changes, they're not for the better. Yeah. They're, they're, they're for the worse. They're more, they're more mutated. Yeah. Yeah. Mutate. That's what that's the word I was looking oh, okay. for. When there okay. are mutations in cells, they're yeah. nearly always destructive. And one of the wow. reasons, one of the reasons that the lifespan for mankind started getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter was because when sin came into the world, this was the beginning of cellular mutations. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so suddenly, now everything is not everything is not based on righteousness now. Everything is is not in harmony with God. It with God's is intentions. mutated. Yeah. Yes, it is mutated. So, yes. <clears throat> but yet, isn't the foundation of our world still completely based in the create our Creator God? Like He created this world, though. But he in gave, harmony with Himself. But He gave us authority. But He gave us authority, right? And so okay. the world the world is not is not being who yeah. God is. The world mm-hmm. is being who we are. Ah, gotcha. Now that's more responsibility than anybody wants to ever deal with. Right. So so you realize that the righteousness of God, the foundation of righteousness, the pillars of wisdom upon which the hmm. world was brought into existence, um, uh, those pillars, if they begin to be destroyed, they don't just they don't just destroy man. On a on a moral emotional level, they destroy man on every level. Mm. So, as the mediator of creation, Jesus spoke, Rama, the Logos, <laughs> yeah, that created all the world, and the world came into existence and could support life based on the fact that it was good. It was in harmony with God. And when man sinned, then man's beliefs, his fears, his wicked intentions began to have a a, a different influence on the world so so that now the world cannot be sustained from the words that God originally spoke. Interesting. You know, you know, I had somebody, I had somebody, a friend of mine, I hadn't had a chance to get back to her yet, a real good friend of mine. And she said, look, I just, she said, I've just been thinking about this. Why does there have to be a new heaven? Because your Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth. Right. That's a really good question. But you have to realize heaven, of course, you always have to look at the context to understand what they mean when the word heaven is used. Because sometimes it's talking about, you know, a, the spiritual abode of God, but, but the, the heavens, the concept of heavens is more a, remember we talk about how that God created the field. And in this field, right. uh, we have positive and, and negative polarities and this mm-hmm. field has to be maintained in order for all physical material world to be held together. Now, yes. you know, I told you guys years ago about these tests, all these now, you know, I, I do all kinds of tests, all kinds yeah, of tests. You know, we know, we know, Jim. You do experiments on yourself, and, and so constantly. that's right. That's part of what's kept me alive all these years. 
Yeah. And so, you know, I started, do, I started doing tests years ago uh, about grounding. You, you guys remember when I was doing all these yes. tests about grounding. <laughs> and so uh, I, I, don't, I don't know how many volt ohm meters I had to buy to buy one sensitive enough to, to do this. But then once I got a, a, a pretty high dollar digital volt ohm meter, I would go all through my house. I, I'd have to run a ground wire out the window. And so, so I'd run a ground wire out the window and, uh, and I would, and, well, and I, so I would test myself. So like standing over here away from all of these lights, I would yeah. test myself and I would see what the, uh, 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 basically what the resistance was, you know, as, yes. as far as energy passing through my body. Right. And then I would go like get under lights and test it. Or then yes. I, then yes. I'd go lay in my bed close to where there was a plug right at the head of my bed. Uh-huh. And I started, and so I, just for example, I, as nearly as I can remember, uh, the the um, uh, and again, I'm so sorry, I'm just slipping on words this morning. Yeah, that's okay. But basically, uh, it was like it was like in measuring the polarity and the resistance. The resistance was like five thousand times worse laying in my bed than it was supposed to be. For me to be healthy. What? Yeah. Only because, because... Was it because of the electronic socket near Yeah, just because, just because I was within a foot of electronic socket. So just think about this. So your body is working on this electromagnetic energy. Yeah. But you go over here and every night you sleep close to electrical outlet. Yeah. Well, that that electrical outlet is, is, is actually, uh, you know... Uh, got this big environment where it's create where it's releasing positive electrons. Huh. And so you're sleeping close to that. Those positive electrons are being absorbed into your into your body. And so positive electrons attract pollutants, bacteria, you know, all, all these all these other kinds of things. Uh, when you got when you got inflammation anywhere in your body, you got to build up the positive electrons in that, in that part of your body. So do you just go camping in your backyard now? Is that your new thing? Well, you could. Uh, it'd be good for you. <laughs> but you know, you know. Remember, you know, we we did all this experiments yeah. about grounding. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you. I remember you and Bob in a Home Depot buying all kinds of oh, crazy yeah. stuff for you to sleep. At night. And uh, <laughs> and you know, I just started looking for all kinds of ways to to dump these positive electrons. Yeah. But right. let, let's just use your body here, because your body is a created thing, just like the just like the universe is a created thing. All right. Yeah. And it's all based on energy, just like all the universe is based on energy. Mm-hmm. And when you expose your body consistently over a period of time to a destructive energy, eventually, what does it do? It, your body starts breaking down. The cells yeah. in your body can't function like they're supposed to. You start getting inflammation and stagnation and, and pain and sickness. And, and then eventually mm-hmm. at some point, cancer or, or whatever else. But basically it kills you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what happens in God's created world. When we introduce our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs, when we introduce yeah. them it's not just the fact that we have an opinion about the world. You know, the, the, when I first released Heart Physics, it, one of the quotes that I have used, uh, and, and I was talking to somebody the other day, and, and, and they were, he was talking about how the, you know, Heart Physics was, or not Heart Physics, uh, but uh, 
quantum science, you know, it's finally the church is starting to accept it and understand it's not witchcraft and it's not voodoo. And he was just he was just saying, you know, he, he was saying, I think I think so many things for the next ten years are go- that we're going to understand from the Bible and the Word of God is going to be based on quantum science. And I said, well, well, it is. I said, but I just want you to understand something. I didn't start looking at this last year, and I didn't start yeah. studying this stuff five years ago. No, I was no. studying quantum physics thirty years ago. Yes, you were. And yes. So I got a, I've got a, I've got a long, long, long yes. journey. Yes, a lot of experience and a lot of history and experience. Yeah, experience and a lot of experience. Yes, like I know years ago, I've known you for 20, 30 years. I know oh. that you've been talking like this for a long, oh. long time. So, and studying and researching. And the sad, you know, the sad thing is the, the church is going to do with this what they do with everything else. They're going to grab up, pick up little bits and pieces, and they're not going to let the Word of God be, be the basis for getting explanations. They're going to start interpreting the Word of God from the science rather than interpreting the science you know, from the Word yeah, of God. Right. But, you know, one, one of the... And I love it when you stumble across scientific things that finally... They un they 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 catch up with the Bible, yeah. And that, yeah. You know that's been my famous saying for thirty or forty yes. years: is quantum physics, quantum science, means that sci- the scientific community is slowly catching merging. up with the Bible. It's yeah. merging and catching up. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite things was in 1927, uh, Max Planck was getting a Nobel Peace Prize on quantum mechanics or quantum physics. I can't remember. And so I'm paraphrasing, but basically in his acceptance speech, he said something like this. He says, he said, we think that we are observing the world around us. We are not observing the world. We are in interplay with the world. And the yes. world is becoming what yes. we see or believe or expect it to be. Yes. Now, by, by the way, I'll just throw this out. This, this is where you know if you're letting the Bible lead your science or you're letting your science lead the Bible. Okay. <clears throat> you know, th- there are people that are tr- in their attempt to make the Bible make sense to them. They try to make Bible, the Bible fit science. Hmm. And so, you know, there's all, there's all kind of, with creation, there's people that say, well, well, yeah, I believe in the biblical account of creation. I just believe that the terminology is probably wrong, and so, 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 so it had. Right, they're just kind of tweaking it a little yeah, bit so it fits yeah, better yeah. in with their science. Yeah. But but now stop and think about this, and, and and if the world is becoming what we observe it to be, and all of your most powerful scientists or most you know most uh, studied scientists in quantum physics, quantum mechanics. One of the things that they say is that this world could not exist without intelligent life observing it. And Interesting. It, and there's a lot of studies that, that really kind of validate this point. Well, that would mean then if this world could not exist without intelligent life observing it, it could not have come into existence without huh. intelligent life. Yeah, it's true. How can, yeah, like how can you say one is true and one isn't the other? One isn't, you know. So you know, so so my point, my my point is that is that we understand that we are in interplay with the world around us. So Mm -hmm. so when I look at the world around me with an opinion, with a point of view. See, we have that one-dimensional concept, but all you're doing is just seeing it differently, 
No. No. You are recreating no. it to be different. That's right. Right. That is, that is, I mean, you've said all that to say this, yeah. really. I mean, you have right. just given us an amazing foundational yeah. understanding or even, you know, you've not, you don't play with our minds, but we're just working through all the different concepts so that that statement would mean so right. much. Because, yes. So, so. You know, something we've got to come to realize is I am always recreating the world mm -hmm. around me. Yes. You know, in the book of uh, uh, in the book of Genesis, in the Hebrew language, that is so and, and your, real. your ancient Hebrew sages, they all knew that man was a co-creator with God and the universe. Yeah. Not yeah. that he was there doing it with God, but after God, that God brought it to a certain point. And they have a very definitive scripture that they go to that says basically where God is saying, I believe it was to Abraham, you know, okay, now you've got to take it from here. You know, this is it. This is as far as I'm going. <clears throat> I don't think we have any, I, we have only a smidgen of understanding to how much we, how much power, how much um, influence, how we absolutely are creating our yep. day and our world all the time, but we don't understand it enough or else we would do things very differently. Right. I mean, just a small example of that yesterday, we had traveled all weekend it, and then we came home to the next day was full of appointments. You know, we did a lot of, you know, counseling appointments yesterday. I, I was tempted for a second to be overwhelmed by that. I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's going to be an overwhelming day. It was morning till night. And then I just tweaked it a little bit and got extremely grateful. And I, and I talked to Jesus yeah. and he says, I'm going to be actually with you, sitting with you for every one of those people you're with. I'm going to do the work. You're going to, you're going to be more energized after yesterday because yeah. of what has flowed through you and the life that was happening, that this is an incredible day today. Yeah. I mean, that just sounds like the most simplest of things, but with God, I co-created a day that could have gone in two very different directions. Right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's just a small I, example of a practical application of what you're talking about. And, you know, this is why I say the first two foundations of faith. Yeah. Is the crea the creation of the world as the Bible explains it, and then number two, the creation of man as God explains it. And if you don't get yeah. those two things right, honestly, you might be doing something you call faith. Yeah. And, but it's really not faith. It's similar to faith. It has some benefits like faith. It, it may have some elements of faith. It may have some elements of hope. But until you see God yes. and as yes. creator and how he mm -hmm. did it, and then see yourself as being no different. The only difference is we don't do what I call original creation. Right. In other words, we, we work we, we with the invisible. We use his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's right. Okay, we work with the invisible. Interesting. So, mm -hmm. so... Now, so I'm never observing, never. I'm always co-creating. Ah, that's a powerful statement. I'll tell you this. Never I'm, observing, always well, co-creating. This, this will make you stop <clears throat> sitting around and thinking about all of your complaints about your kids and your spouse. Oh. And your, oh my gosh! And your money and all, and your, yeah. the economy and your work and your future and your it make you yeah. quit all that mess. It it has. I am telling you, Jim, 
this concept is something that's growing in me every day, yep. every month, every year. It's continuing to get more and more powerful in my life. Yep. But I've never heard it said the way you just did. <clears throat> so thank you very much for that. You know, uh, you, I'm never observing. I'm always co-creating. You know, people people ask me a lot of times, man, how, how have you survived? Yeah. All of these health crises. Well, it's because yeah. so far I haven't gotten beaten down enough to ever be able to see or perceive myself as being sick. Doesn't matter if I am sick or not. I just don't see yeah. myself that way. Right. Same way about finances. I just yeah. can't see myself broke. How, you know. Is it just that simple? And I remember one time. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> I just remember one time when Robert was a little guy. And we said, oh, are you going to be able to do that? And he goes, mom, I'm a Meisner, 100% chance of success. That's what he said. <laughs> and I'll never forget that because I went, oh, okay, I'm a Meisner, 100% chance of success. Like just even that very little pivot of, no, I was born for this. I was born to co-create with God and yep. partner with him. So this, this, this brings us in, then into some, another one of those, there's some things you just can't, you just People need to hear, but you can't preach about them because the minute you preach about them, no matter how many times you go back and, and redefine and re-explain mm -hmm. all this kind Lay of stuff. Lay down the foundation. People just go back. Yeah, yeah. Right. They, they can't stay on the foundation. Right. And so because they can't stay on the foundation, they can never really grasp what faith righteousness is about. They just want the fluff and the candy yeah. and how it affects me. They don't want to just understand the depth behind oh, it. Oh, ab absolutely. So, you know, Jesus has an outcome of what the world is going, is going to become. And he sees mm -hmm. it that way now, and he relates to us as if it's that way now. Hmm. He, ha he has the ultimate outcome of, of seeing us and, and perceiving us as we will be when we're raised mm. from the dead and when we're walking mm -hmm. the streets of heaven with us. And that is how he relates to us. Mm. And that is, you know, you know, and so, so, so he, he is in this mode, this righteousness mode. And remember mm -hmm. righteousness always has built in it. Also this concept of harmony. So righteousness when a person has righteousness in their heart, when they intend to the righteousness, what they're saying is what I'm intending to do is I am intending to harmonize with God. I'm, I'm a, mm -hmm. I, you know, my desire and my mm -hmm. intention is to become one with God and one, you know, one with God's intentions. And so, and so that out of that intention and this is what faith righteousness really gets down to. Is that it's the fact that Jesus has created, I mean, it's so multidimensional. It's like it's the power, it's the position, it's the authority, it's the outcome. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, 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 yeah. There's just no way that you can minimize the concept of righteousness. Right, right. Uh, but, but righteousness is one of those things you have to want. It's one of those things that you have to seek. Seek ye first the righteousness of God, or the kingdom of God, and his righteousness shall be added to you. Uh, uh, I'll seek you first righteousness kingdom. I'm sorry, man. I, again, I'm still flipping things around in my mind here. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, uh, but righteousness is so, so, it's a continuum that, that starts with a reality that, that, you know, that morphs into a, 
a position that morphs into a belief. You know, and yeah. it just goes. It goes down. It's this, everything. Yeah. it's everything. Yeah, actually, so everything in the created world was created in righteousness, and 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 can only be ruled properly when it's ruled from the throne of righteousness. You know, this is you know when Jesus comes mm. back and establishes his kingdom. You know, the Bible says that 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 his his whole kingdom, you know, his scepter is a scepter of righteousness. His throne yeah. is the throne of righteousness. Right. He's gonna rule in righteousness. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and yeah. joy. And so, and so, it's talking about a time of bringing the world back into wow. harmony. Now, even though yeah. the world still has a sin nature, and it, so it can't be absolutely perfect. People, you know, that's why there's gonna be a final rebellion, is, is because a lot of people do not want righteousness. They they do not want this. They, they can, you know, it, mm. because then they can't use people, hurt other people, take advantage of other people, lie, cheat, and steal. But anyhow, so, so, um, um. If we want to rule in our world, which is what, what the keys of the kingdom are really all about, are you ruling in your, in your world, mm-hmm. and then, then we want to rule in righteousness just like God did, where, where the whole goal is not just to get what we want, but the whole goal is to bring the pieces of our life or, uh, back in harmony with with what God has accomplished through Jesus, with the, which is mm-hmm. the will of God. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm connecting a lot of dots. I know I've been sitting, you know, here quiet, you know. Yes. But this is there's there's a lot of things. I think today is really helping helping for our listeners of of bringing you know connecting dots and bringing things together, and you know. Going back, you know, to Genesis 1, 2, and 3, the choice that we have of participating, you know, partnering with God, okay, and living out of that tree of life rather than that power struggle, no, I'm going to do it my way, and, and I'm going to do it, you know, with, with the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you know, apart from God. And so... Jim, the invitation that you're making is that when we establish and set, you know, the cornerstone right, when we get that righteousness, you know, established in Jesus in our life, now I can begin to build my life. Now I can begin to harmonize with God. And again, he is my cornerstone. He is my rock. He is my everything. And, and so... Now I begin to move, you know, in that direction more than ever before. And uh, what what a uh, it, it really takes that humility of heart, mm-hmm. you know, and just yeah. just recognizing because I'm going to fall on him, yeah. you know, and be broken and allow his beauty and splendor to be lived through me because I don't want to be crushed. Yeah. By it. You know, I'm just, I'm right. seeing it. And then, you know, with regards to the new heaven, the new earth, you know, Jesus came that that the relationship with God would be restored. Well, he's coming again. Mm-hmm. You see, and the, and the relationship and the harmony mm-hmm. of 
of Earth, yeah. it that's the next installment that will be yeah. restored. And that's where we get to see how it could have been uh-huh. for 6,000 years. Yes. <laughs> if we had remained in harmony with God, this wow. is, this, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, uh, you know, it talks about in the book of Isaiah during that period of time that, you know, somebody will die at a hundred and they will say, well, he, he was just a child. In other words, even though the earth doesn't go back and tilt differently on his axis like it probably was, at the yeah, even though all of those sin factors are still here in planet earth, we could have risen above most of them and, and, uh, and conquered most of them, most of them if, uh, if, in fact, we had made Jesus our rock. It's amazing. You know, people sing about Jesus being the rock and talk about Jesus being the rock and, you know, but yeah. if you are not relating to him and seeking his righteousness, then the truth mm-hmm. is he is not your rock. Now that's a pretty strong statement, mm-hmm. but if you're mm-hmm. not seeking righteousness, you're not seeking God. You're not seeking righteousness. You're not seeking the kingdom of God. If you're not seeking righteousness, you're not standing on Jesus as your rock. If you are not seeking righteousness, Jesus can't bring benefit to your life. And again, people will, will listen to this and go, oh, so you're saying I got to do everything right. No, no, no. It means you, go no. back and listen to these definitions, and these right. concepts of righteousness, you know, righteous, righteousness more than anything is I'm just going to harmonize. I'm going to get yeah. in harmony with yeah. God. I'm going to be yeah. so dependent on him. I'm going to be oh. so surrendered to him. I am going to understand every day that we're partnering together. Yep. This is his life is in me. Like it's just Jesus yep. in me is the hope of glory. It's kind of like we, I surrender to that. Not just one yep. time in my life, but all the time. Yeah. Every, every minute, every day, every, every, minute every situation, every day. Yes. So then mm-hmm. let's, let's take this, this concept here and let's jump over <laughs> to uh, uh, Romans three twenty three. And again, this is one of these scriptures. You know, if it, it, I can remember, I used to, when I would go into Canada and do a meeting about grace, you know, I'd have 1,000, 1,200 people, uh, you know, in, in every session. I'd have people, I'd have, I'd have 400 people a day in the paid <laughs> sessions, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, but then I could come back to that same city you know, uh, a year later, and I could, you know, I'm just, I can't remember specifically the topics, but I could have some topic like, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, growing in God or, or, yeah, or yeah. you know, developing, you know, a heart connection with God or developing yeah, your yeah, heart. Yeah. And there'd be about 400 people show up. And then I could go back to that same city again a year later. And if I made it about grace, you know, 1,000, 1,200, mm-hmm. 1,500 people show up. Yeah. Now what you know so so you know I understand from that that there are some things that people desperately need a more biblical you know perception sure but they remember in the Hebrew it teaches us whatever we are not willing to do we cannot hear I know that one blows my mind Now what you're willing to do is not based on reality it's based on perception in other words <clears throat> in other words, let's say in in your marriage, uh, there's there's some kind of struggle going on, and uh, uh, and so 
you know, you know what the church's position is on it. So you feel like that's God's position. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're like, well, I'm not going to do that. I mean, you know, and, and maybe rightly so. I, you know, I'm, I'm just mm -hmm. not going to do that. So right. it, it would be like then suppose a person came up to you and said, you know, I've just been praying for you. I want to talk to you about some things that God's showing me that might help your marriage. Well, that person might just turn around and walk off because like, I, I don't want to talk to you about this because I know what you're going to say to me. See, it's not that you know what God, anything about that subject, you're close to anything other than your personal opinion. And you know how hard this is when I've got someone in front of me and because we do marriage stuff and <clears throat> people want me to change people's minds for them. Yeah. I have parents saying, will you please help my kid because she wants to leave her marriage, convince her otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I can't, can't I am wasting it. my words and my breath when someone isn't wanting or willing to hear something. Yeah. It's it's just completely yep. an exercise of futility. It really, you can't change for, because God doesn't even force or change yep. our minds, for goodness sake. So how are we supposed to have a magic wand to change or force people's exactly. minds? So when you say you're going to, if I were to go to those places where I have these really, really big meetings yeah. and I were run ads saying, we're, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about, uh, dealing with sin this week, you know, it, it, it would, it would jump from about 1500 down to probably about 50. At I mean, honestly, the most at the most. So, so basically because we're of what, deal because with of, of what religion has made us believe. Yeah. There are certain topics, it's, it's sort of like, God, I'm not going to even listen to what you have to say about this because I, yeah. you know, the, the church has already told me what you say. And I, you know, since I don't read the Bible for myself and since I don't pray and since, since, since I'm, I've replaced you with my pastor, then, then, then I, you can't talk to me about sin because you're going to beat me up. Da, da, da. Right. Well, let, let, let's just look at this for a few minutes because honestly, if you can't deal with the sin issue and, and, and get an insight into the sin issue and, 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 and how this gets into the way you co-create the world around you, then the real truth is you, you have no hope of ever really changing anything beyond just a surface, yeah. just a surface influence. Right, right, right. So <clears throat> Paul says in Romans 3, very famous verse 23, <laughs> yeah. for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, mm. if we would actually just understand this one verse before we ever dove off into any of our concepts of sin, then the real truth is not only would we not have any fear of dealing with sin, but we would actually gladly yeah, deal with sin. Anticipate. Yeah. Yes. See, we, we, we are with sin like a kid that's got to go get a vaccination. Right, and all the all that kid's thinking about is shot's going to hurt, shot's going to hurt, shot's going to hurt, shot's going to yeah. hurt, shot's going to yeah. hurt. So, so I'm going to throw myself on the floor and kick and scream, and yeah. you're going to drag me into this clinic here, you know, as I as I hold on to the door facings because shot's going to yeah. hurt. Yeah. But you know, but the kid has no concept of yeah, but the disease that it's going to protect you from is 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 monumental. Compared yeah. to just what you got to deal with up front, yeah, and that's kind of the way I look at, the, at a lot of things. But kind of yeah. way I look at sin. So, the word sin, if you look it up, is the word. The most common word is harmartia. There's actually right. more than one Greek word for sin, and they all have very subtle, different meanings that are really important. But the 
general word for sin is harmartia in the Greek. Now, right here it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So really you have a definition of sin here to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. But when you look up the word harmartia in any good Greek lexicon, it's going to it's, it's going to it's, it's going to say um, fall you know it's going to say falling short of the glory of God or 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 missing the mark, mm-hmm. and so the emphasis becomes that you miss the mark, you overstep the boundaries, you have fallen short. But wait a minute, what did I fall short of? Well, I, I fell short of the glory of God. So you know we think about that as a measurement. You know, where, okay, I haven't done good enough, so I've fallen short of the glory of God. And that's so, so, you know, I, I disbehaved, I lied, I cheated, or whatever. But, <clears throat> but you start realizing the whole emphasis, the whole importance of recognizing sin in your life is this. Sin is any thought, belief, feeling, behavior, whatever, that causes me not to be able to experience the glory of God. The point is not that you failed. The point is like what you missed out on. Yeah. It was like, it's like a little kid that says, little kid that says, you know, uh, I don't want to go home tonight because, you know, I'm, I'm in trouble. I didn't do my homework. My parents are going to yell at me. And uh, they, they forgot that tonight was their birthday party and that there was going to be cake and ice cream and all their friends were going to be there. So, oh. so, so their sorrow then when they find out, their sorrow right. is not, is not that, I, that, that I might have gotten in trouble. Their sorrow is, what did I miss out on? Well, I missed out on my birthday yeah. party. I missed out on the cake, wow. my friends. All that's, a, that's quite a metaphor. Yes. So, so sin, sin, the importance of what you did is almost insignificant in solving whatever a sin problem is for you. The importance is what did this keep me from experiencing with God? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I remember uh, when I was doing my, mm-hmm. when I was in Bible college, I was one of the few, they did not ever let students speak down there. I mean, and this was one of the premier charismatic churches in all of America at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of the largest charismatic churches in America. This is before most of America ever heard the word charismatic. Mm-hmm. And so just through a fluke of situations, uh, I, I was out witnessing to somebody. It turned out this person was a newspaper report. I didn't know it. And I ministered to this guy. He got turned on for Jesus. And he goes to work and he writes, it was at least two full pages in the Sunday uh newspaper that, that covered more people than any place in the state of, of Florida sharing my testimony. And so I walked into church that Sunday. I didn't, you know, I didn't know anything about it. I just walked in and you know, you know, it's sort of like you, you know, you felt like you had body odor or something. Cause everybody you walked by, they kind of cut their hand over their mouth and nose. I mean, they were whispering to each other and you're thinking, man, what is there something on me? I mean, am I unzipped? I mean, what is the deal? Because everybody you're walking by is kind of like, oh, look there. there." Well, so suddenly overnight, everybody knew who I was, knew my testimony, knew what I was doing in, in ministry. So as it turned out, then I got a few invitations to speak in our in the mothership, you know what I mean? In the, yeah, in the yeah, mother yeah. church. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember one of my invitation statements 
I was dealing, I was dealing with uh, some of these same kind of concepts, not, not exactly this, but some kind of concepts. And so, you know, my invitation question was this. So if you had responded every time God called your heart to abide in his presence, where would you be today instead of where you are now? What would the quality of your life be today? You know, the, the, the important thing is not what you did wrong. The important thing is not that you said no when the Spirit of God call, tried to call you apart. The important, the important thing is how would my life have been better today mm-hmm. if, ever, if I had consistently abided in the presence of God and experienced His goodness? Mm-hmm. And that's the question. That's, when we start dealing with the sin issue, that's the way we got to understand what am I cheating myself out of? Mm-hmm. And so, so, so in, to understand that, sin is any belief, any opinion, any concept of yourself, any behavior that minimizes who God is and minimizes who you are so that you do not get to live life to its fullest. That's it. Mm-hmm. So it says so that when we sin... What's happening is we are falling short of experiencing the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what, and this is where we'll get into, you know, next week. You know, the word glory starts getting into this whole creation concept because the, I, I, when I first started studying the word glory, man, I, I was looking at a, I don't remember what which lexicon it was. You know, I have. I don't even know how many different Greek lexicons. And so when I get when I get on a word chase, man, I am digging through all of them. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> yeah, I do. You know, yeah. I'm looking at other people's opinions, but mainly I'm digging through the through the lexicons themselves, the, the interpretations, translations. And man, so so I'm reading through this, and it was pages. I mean, it was pages. And so you know, but so you would pick up a word here or there. That if you didn't pay attention, you wouldn't get to the end of this big old long several page definition and, and connect the dots. But I but I started realizing, you know, because we think of the glory of God, man, the brightness, the splendor, the greatness, the goodness, the, you know, and, and really even God connects His glory to you know His mercy, His goodness, His you know His His kindness, all of these kinds of things are manifestations of just how good God is. So I'm reading through all this, and it's, uh, it's all kind of redundant. But finally, I get down to like uh, just one little section at the end of these pages of definitions, and it said, view, opinion, reality. Man, I will never forget. I will never forget wow. that moment. Never forget that moment. I mean, that was one of those life-changing moments. Wait a minute. The glory of God, then, and when you understand create how creation really works, yeah. where you're, you're not just observing something, you are projecting your opinion. You are projecting your view. You are projecting all of this onto, onto whatever it is that you're looking at. And, and 
And to a great degree, you are becoming a co-creator with God. Now, now, this doesn't mean that just because we see goodness in people, they'll become good because their will is always involved. Yes, yes. But as far as us, this is this is at the key of using the keys of the kingdom. If you, if you don't understand yes. this part of it, then binding and loosing becomes a, a religious exercise that you think that works because of the formula. So, so... I, what I got out of this, and this is where, where I, I'll quit for this week and we got our heads back together. So what I got out of this is, is like, wait a minute. What I'm missing here and what's failing to happen is when I limit how, who I believe God is, when I limit who God's view and opinion of me. So what is God's view and opinion of me? I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. You know, I... I, I you know, you just go down the list. You know, I'm delivered from the curse of the law. I'm I'm saved, healed, blessed, delivered, prospered, protected, made whole. I mean, you know, you, you go through all this stuff, and when God looks at me, that's what he sees. That's the person he sees, the overcomer, the winner. Yeah. And there's only one thing that can stop that, and that's unrighteousness. <clears throat> because sin, mm-hmm. unrighteousness. So I so basically I am holding on to an opinion about me about my future, about what God can do in my life, that it's like a, it's like a shield. You know, you'll see these, these cartoons or these X-Men type movies, you know, where, where, where one of these guys comes out with power and he, you know, he throws his hand and a beam goes out and the other guy throws up a shield and that shield just deflects all that power. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what we're doing with our opinions. When our view, when our opinion uh, uh, is different then what God's is, it's like throwing up a shield that that blocks everything that he perceives me to be in Jesus as being able to shape my life just like it shaped, shaped the creation of the world. Wow. Mm. Love it. So that's a good dropping off place, you, I think. You know yeah. what? It's a really good dropping off place, and you really did a great job today. Well, thank and- you. In, in a subject that we've heard you talk about for 20, 30 years, you just took it, you upgraded it to the next level of communicating so clearly a way that the lights can turn on. Yep. And I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And I see this in relationships, how much your opinion of yourself affects the relationships around you. I mean, we could do a whole entire podcast about that. Because when you think someone's not going to like you, you know, you put up your shield and then that's it, you know? Yep. And But what you said today about harmartia and uh, that we are co-creating with God and we, we are not just, our observing is changing because the glory of his view, opinion, reality is project, we are projecting his view, his opinion. We are yep. changing reality because of his reality. Right. <sighs> I'm very, very, very blown away. <laughs> How beautiful it is, mm-hmm. you know that that this is this is why Jesus came. Yep. Yes. You see, that's this is the power of the cross. Yeah. This is the power of newness of life. Mm-hmm. This is what it is, and and because He says, "I, I want to share my glory with yes. you." Yes. That has always been his intention. Is is I just want to get my goodness, mm-hmm. you know, my favor, my love. I, he says, I because I've always known you. Yeah, I've always known you. I, I I've I created you, you know, 
And you are created in my very image and likeness. So I'm going to make a way in order to get my glory to you. I love it. You know, sadly, again, if we don't think of observation as co-creation, then even those promises that God has like that are viewed on a one-dimensional level. Yeah. Yeah. That turns it into some complex religious process. And and what we're going to see next week is we're just going to see how incredibly simple this is and how you can reduce, you can reduce almost all of your life efforts to just one or two things and your life will be great. I love it. Do I want any more hints for next week of how we're going to be talking? That was it. Okay, that was I, it. I wrote that down because I am ready. I don't want to miss next week okay. for how incredibly simple this is to reduce all life efforts to one or two things. Yep, that's it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> come out. Come, come out in the name of Jesus. <laughs> come out. There it is. There we go. Got it. <laughs> thank you so much, Jim. And thank you, friends. I, we started out calling you mm. our friends. We're friends, you guys. Yes, we are. Thank you for doing this with us, friends. And we can't wait for next week. And we really believe that you are a co-creator. I, I hope this has affected you as much as it has affected me. Mm. And um, I'm very thankful that we are triumphant mm-hmm. in our walk with Jesus. And I'm ready to start feeling triumphant every moment of every day until I see Jesus. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sure I'm sure there are people that you know right now that you would love to be able to share this message with. Mm-hmm. And I just really encourage you to do that. Yeah. You know, go back, listen to it, and just entrust yourself to the grace of God. Absolutely. Thank Jim, you, Jim. Thanks again. Thank you. Uh, our thank you is 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 weak, but our like the thank you seems weak compared to what our hearts are saying. We are so grateful for you. Yeah. Thank you. Ah, thank you. Okay. See you next time. All right. Have a Bye-bye. great week, everyone. Bye bye.